clubhouse. This is Lauren. This is Steph. And we're doing the final episode of Little Fires Everywhere, episode eight, Find a Way. So what have you been up to, Steph? Everything and nothing all at the same time. Not going anywhere. Teaching kindergarten, wasting time on Netflix, TikTok, Hulu, (laughs) all of the binging (laughs) is happening. Okay, it seems like everybody's talking about how they can spend so long on TikTok. And so I downloaded the (laughs) app um, knowing like, okay, this is cool when people post these videos. I, you know, they're funny and I think I would like them, but I don't know. I, I'm not like lost on TikTok like everybody. I don't know why I am either because it is really dumb. It's like, it's, it's phases. Like you open it and you're like, this is so stupid. Like, why am I watching this? And then you get into it and you like start finding the same people over and over again. And then I don't know, it's just a huge time suck, but I try not to like spend so much time scrolling through it, but I do. It's just funny. The ones that are funny are the best, but then there's all these like stupid dances that everybody's doing the exact same dance and they're actually like really hard, even though they look pretty simple. Okay. Then there's this whole world of like shirtless, muscular dudes okay. that distract you a little bit. <laughs> well, I feel like an old grandma being like, tell me about that TikTok app. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really do. Because I know it's like the most popular. It's like, what is that Facebook? It reminds me of like, yeah, right. when that? I was in college, my mom was wanting me to look somebody up. She's like, look them up on my face. Right. Because <laughs> remember like MySpace and Facebook were right. like this- at that um, time, the popular thing. And I'm like, mom, it's called Facebook, not my right. face. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that's how I feel right now being like, okay, now TikTok, uh, ding dong, look it right. up on ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so really funny. Bad, like, I know it's like, I have the app and like, I want to make the videos. I couldn't even figure out how to make a video. It is actually complicated. I've tried. Okay. That makes me feel really a lot better because that was the first thing I wanted to do. I'm like, okay, got on here, make a video. And I'm like, crap. No, that part person make a bunch of different chairs out of marshmallows. (laughs) Yeah. That part makes me feel old when I'm like trying to upload a video and I can't get it to work. And I'm like, why did the sound go out? I'm like, I don't know. I can't find the song I want. I can't find the thing. It's really frustrating. But yeah. Well, and then I know I'm going to be that person like recording myself squinting my face over it like (laughs) then it's like it goes like you know then all my friends see it yeah so you you can delete it very easily trust me (laughs) I I I mean I know I just you know what I mean like when you're trying to mess with a new app or something I tried to put one of my kids I like deleted it like 10 times like this is not working but then I found all these like workout videos and they're really short little clips they're like 15 seconds so they're really fast because they're to these songs and so it's like plank challenges where you're doing all this knee crunches and stuff to to the song and then there's like this couple that they do a workout together so I don't know I have just kind of gotten sucked in it's a bit ridiculous are you doing these 15 second workouts I've tried a few of them not on video but I've tried them like on my own and they actually are really hard to do Cool. to that to that speed too yeah. because it's really fast well are you supposed to be doing it to that speed or do they like fast forward it up so that you would know what to do and you, you can, can do both it? like on you okay. can actually record something in 
it's not slow motion, but you can slow down the music so that when it plays normally, it looks like you're doing it fast, but you're not. Okay. So there's like, it's just this ridiculousness, but. You know, I did see your koala challenge that you posted though. Yeah. I think that is so cool. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. I was so impressed. I was like, <laughs> I wanted to be able to do that so bad. If you don't know what a koala challenge is, just. Look it up on TikTok. <laughs> well, yeah, I think we should explain. Like, you have to, well, I so guess like, it's, it's sh- a partner challenge. So, I guess yes. it doesn't have to be male and female, but I like you basically jump on your partner, my husband, and I like climb, you climb to the left and like around his body without touching, falling off. It's like under the arm, around and his back. And he's not helping you. He's just like yeah. a tree base there. And then you have to, once you get back to the front, you go over his head and back down and through his legs back up to like where you started. And there is a point at which your head is like brushing against all of the undercarriage. (laughs) It's like, ah! And you're upside down and you, and you, then you have to kind of work against gravity to crawl back up. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looked like a challenge for both of you. Like he might've got his nipples clawed off. (laughs) Well, if you watch the video, I like didn't go high enough over his head. So when I like tried to go, I like took off his head with my like shoulder or something. He was like, that really hurt. You're like pubic bone (laughs) to the nose. He was like, ow. Sorry. <laughs> and he's not allowed to make a really that strained of face that you'll right. get mad, right? Like, don't yeah. make me look like <laughs> Don't make me look like this is hard for you. Uh, I showed my husband. He's like, uh-uh, n- no way. Oh, like, <laughs> I wanted you guys to do that so bad. <laughs> no, well, I wanted, you know, I wanted to, too. Yeah. Um, but luckily I him, for him. like, no. Well, he said no because he... um He had just crashed on his wakeboard and like literally could not even walk. But I (laughs) don't know if he wanted to do it anyway. (laughs) No. (laughs) But I cannot tell you how many comments I got about like, okay, well then after that, did you guys do that in the bedroom? (laughs) Like, uh, no comment. (laughs) But everybody seemed to think that. Yeah. I don't know why. It definitely looked intimate for sure. (laughs) That's hilarious. But I mean, uh, I, I was admiring the physical yes, strength my... it took for both of you guys to, exactly. to do. I mean, that <laughs> the, the Pilates instructor in me was thinking like, yeah, that was awesome. awesome. It's because all of those push-ups you make us do in your class, lunges yeah. and hey, got crunches. They're important. Important moves. Yep. Every time I go to your class, I'm sore. So, you know. You're doing something right. Well, thank you. So do you want to talk about the final episode of Little Fires? Uh, Yes. And no. Oh, my gosh. What did you think? Like, just overall? Like, love it or hate it? Not either one as strongly as love it or hate it. Because I have really enjoyed the series. Like, Mm -hmm. leading up to the final, I've really enjoyed this and been involved and got connected with the characters. and really looked forward and anticipated what would happen and it was a heavy ending for me Mm -hmm. I can't say I loved the ending because I really just felt literally sick to my stomach through parts of it yeah Um, for sure which is a sign that they've done a good job like drawing me in that I cared that much however I wish it could have ended with more 
resolution or redemption or hope for that's what I was going to say. Happiness like, for all of these people. I appreciate a good dramatic ending. And obviously, I didn't think that they were going to button everything up with beautiful bow. But I agree. It's just so unresolved, like so many open ends that I just, it was painful. I didn't like it. Yeah, I need I'm, more answers. Yeah. So we did find out, like at the very end, who burned the house down. Elena tells the police officer. I did it. Right. Now, we know Elena did not burn the house down, but why do you think that she told the police that she just burned her house down? I think because she sees that all these little pieces have fallen apart and it really is kind of centered around her. I think she does feel like it's all of these things that have happened are maybe not her fault, but like connected to her, you know? So it's yeah. like, did she see that at, at that moment that this was all sort of crumbling? When she said, I did it, I kind of felt like that was like her first time that she has ever acknowledged that she might have some blame or some guilt or something about her isn't right. perfect or something, that she isn't flawless. I think it seemed like the first time that she kind of really realized like, wow. I've created some problems for myself here. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, plus she had such a epic meltdown with her kids, even though they are the ones who technically set the house on fire. That really was all wrapped up in her. It made me so sick that they did that. First of all, it was just crushing for her fight with Izzy. Whenever she was saying like, I just, you know, when she was like, what's up with you and Mia? Like, what is up? Why? Do, what's up with? Why do you even like her anyway? And she's like, I just wanted her to be my mom, someone who actually loved me. You would think Elena would say in this moment. I would think if one of my kids said to me, like, "Well, I do love you. Of course, I love you." You know, mm-hmm. something reassuring. But instead, she says, "Do you think I wanted a daughter like you? I never wanted you in the first place." No, that was awful. That was I mean, so that is- terrible. <laughs> That is so, it's just unacceptable. I cannot. Yeah, this happens when just the day or two before that, Izzy had thrown her shoes in the trash and, you know, Elena was mad because she's like, you knew I was going to take these back. Why did you throw these shoes in the trash? And she's like, isn't that what we do in this house? Like, don't we just throw things throw away, away we don't like? I know. Just like because Elena had cut her out of the family picture a couple episodes ago because um, she didn't like the shoes right. she was wearing. It's like. That's just not like what a parent does. Of course, people say things out of anger and frustration, but I don't feel like you could ever, that's not ever justified to say that to your kid. Absolutely agree. It's, it was cold. Yeah. It was cold. And you know, I think kids are going to say things and teenagers, they're still learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say they're still learning to be kind humans. And yes, Izzy has said things to her mom that were really awful as well, but she's a child and her mom yeah. is the adult. And I don't think that the mean things that Elena said were justified in getting gasoline and burning the house down over it <laughs> no. either. I don't think that. But I do think that those are things that can ruin your relationship yeah. um, forever. And think about, too, like if you have a relationship that's strained, probably any friendship or romantic relationship or whatever, or parental relationship, when you're feeling that, isn't it common for someone to sort of test that boundary? Like, are you going to stick with me? Are you going to stay? Are you going to fight for me? And in that moment, 
Izzy's saying, like, I never wanted you. I want a different mother. Like, to me, that's her saying, like, fight for me. Like, say. Yeah. That, and instead, she's like, I never wanted you anyway. Anyway, that's, I mean, that is just cutting the cord right there and just. It is like throwing her away. That's awful. I feel like this entire season, Izzy has said things that were negative to her mom, that were really reaching out, communicating, like, I need you to reassure me. Like, I need you to tell me that I'm wrong. Like, right. I need to know that you love me. And Elena has consistently responded in a destructive way. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think dowsing your room in gasoline and burning the house down and potentially killing your mom. I, I, right. I think that's the right answer. And it's part of the reason that this was really heavy for me and that I didn't really like the ending. But I mean, I do see that they're trying to make a point in like, yeah, but fire and burning is like the destruction of their relationship. And the way that Alina was unloving and unaccepting towards Izzy was what burned their relationship. Right. And even to the kids, like when Izzy left, the other kids are like, mom, go after her. Like, mom, go fix this right now. And she's like, no. Yes. Like, what? Yes. <sighs> and you know what? Moody. Moody was the one saying, like, you know, the leader of like, well, have you got to fix this. You got it. Like, yeah. he was so upset to see Izzy so upset and out of her mind and, like, kept Izzy from, like, continue to, like, lighting the house on fire right then. Yeah. Another chance for Elena to be like. Oh, kids, I don't know what I've done. Like, why did I say that? Like, I lost control. You know, mm-hmm. like, I would think if I had lost my mind and I had said something that I totally regretted and then my kids were trying to have me go forgive it, I, I at least feel like I would try to justify it to my child or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, try to be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so stupid. I shouldn't have done that. You know? Yeah. But you know what she says? Let her chase after Mia. They deserve each other. I <laughs> know. It's like... Another cold-hearted thing. And so that's why Moody and Tripp and Lexi, they're just like kind of joining in, right? I mean, Lexi really just sort of leads that. It's like, look what, you know, it's almost like, look what she did to Izzy. So what's keeping her from doing that to us if we don't fit into that little box, you know? And Lexi was like trying to defend that too. Like, I'm not perfect. I, you've put so much pressure on me. Like, you know, like I can't take it anymore. And I don't know why Elena yelled at her. She's like, yes, you are perfect. She screamed it at her. Well, I feel like Elena has a favoritism for, for Lexi and she always has, and she's shown it. It's been kind of obvious and that didn't do Lexi any favors, right? Like you would think like, oh, the favored child, they're going to have it easier. But in Lexi's case, it really just made her feel like any of her imperfections or mistakes had to be a secret. Yeah. And she ends up having a secret pregnancy and hides an abortion. You know, Izzy wanted Lexi to confess her abortion because she was trying to protect Pearl and Mia from her mom. And it even damaged the sister relationship, Lexi and Izzy, because Lexi's like, oh, yeah, well, mom will never believe you over me anyway. I know. So it, it was unhealthy even between the sisters for them to have that. We've kind of seen a lot of things unraveling for Izzy, but in this final episode, they really did show her sort of having issues with her dad with lexi with you know moody too moody even Even moody like moody gets along with everybody yeah so it's like i feel like they're sort of taking away these other things that were holding her there but obviously this confrontation with elena was like just too much i probably would have left too honestly like that's yeah i think she just kind of had no choice she's like i don't have anybody on my side here nobody really cares about me and I got bigger plans than this crap. <laughs> yeah. Know? 
is kind of, I feel like, her thoughts. However, I mean, that was another problem I had with it is I feel like Izzy really has a big, strong, smart mind and sees bigger things for herself in the world than her own little world. She can see beyond it. Something I like about Izzy. Yeah. I didn't feel clear about what happened with her. I did not like that either. So we see her see Mia and Pearl driving off and her kind of freaking out and knowing that she's already said how awful it would be if she lost Mia, you know, and seeing her see that she's about to lose Mia. And also a little cold of Mia not to say goodbye. Yeah. Because she knows how much Izzy looks up to her. For sure. But so then we see whenever Izzy leaves, we see in like a very dreamy like state, she gets in the car with Mia. So we're supposed to think she ran away with Mia and Pearl. Mm -hmm. But we don't see her in the car later. So did she run away with Mia and Pearl or where did she go? To me, that was sort of a dream because I thought she sort of startled awake on what looked like a bus to me. So to me, it looked like she left on her own and just was imagining that she had gotten with Mia and Pearl. I do have to say I was worried that Izzy was going to harm herself over all of this. Mm. And I'm really glad they didn't go there with it. Yeah. But that was one of my fears about what might happen with her. And if, if she did, I thought that she would have some kind of big social statement somehow it would be very clear what she you know some kind of something because she's such a bold person but for her to just like run away and then not have like a statement with it that's I don't know yeah speaking out for some kind of justice for somebody (laughs) bigger than herself or some cause you know I thought it was a strange ending for her and a little bit of a letdown for me as a viewer. Yeah, it was definitely hard to watch her just leave like that. And really, I mean, as what, 15 years old and no money or car or anything, like what is she going to do? Like that's pretty dire situation to me. So I hope, I mean, we saw Elena go to Mia's apartment looking for her. This is why I don't like there's no resolution. At least show me that they went to look for her, you know? So I'm assuming that, her family would go look for her, obviously. At least her brother would, her sister, somebody. We want to think, you know, you the last thing her that. dad had told her was like, you have no idea what real problems are. You just grow up. Yeah. Keep your head down and grow up. And it's funny. She's like, is that what you're doing? Like, <laughs> Keep your, your head, head down, down for the next few years. <laughs> yeah. You would assume that her family went to look for her, but I hate that they just left it so open for Izzy. That's sad. Yep. There were a lot of open problems, especially on the Elena's family yeah, side of sure. things. Okay. So back to Elena unraveling all these people in her life. She also sort of did that with Pearl. We last saw her telling Pearl that Mia has kidnapped her basically and that her parents are still out there. And we talked about last time we were surprised to see that, but I was surprised to see that that wasn't quite as big of a blow up. I mean, Pearl was clearly mad at Mia. She wouldn't even talk to her. If that was me, I would have some sort of screaming, knock down, drag out fight like right there in the driveway. She just walked on past her and like went to bed or something. You are right. I I feel like that was not what it could have been as far as drama. Yeah. <laughs> like you would think, you know, Izzy ran away from home, right? Yeah. You would think Pearl might pack her bags and go to meet her parents or something or try to find her grandparents or, you know, especially if she knew that if Elena would have had all the contacts and everything for her. 
Yeah. Maybe get Elena to take her herself. Right. That's kind of the thing is like, are you going to handle my problems or can I get Elena to do it for me? Like she wouldn't even let me explain, which I, I could understand that, but she wouldn't even really have that conversation. And I wanted to see them sort of fight it out. Like why did, you know, I kind of wanted to see that unfold for them. But instead, it was just a little bit of, I'm not talking to you, and let me explain. And It was so hateful of Elena to tell Pearl that, yes. because she didn't tell Pearl that to help Pearl. She told Pearl that because she hates Mia, and she was wanted revenge, and she was just meddling to... Yeah, just because. Yeah, just as a power, as a yeah. power play. It felt so wrong for her to do that. Yeah. I love how Pearl and Mia did get through this, though. I feel like they had a good ending to their story because now, instead of Mia living in secrets and hiding and kind of always watching her back, I feel like she is freed from having to hide and lie. Yeah. Um, And she's able to move forward with her relationship with Pearl. And in this episode, Pearl says, you're always my mother. And we see them going together. I thought that they were meeting the Ryans. And right. I, I think you thought they were meeting the grandparents. I thought they were meeting the grandparents. When I watched that scene when they pulled the car up and she and Pearl went up to the door. I just thought that because to me, the house that they pulled up to looked like the grandparents' house from the past episodes. And we never saw who answered the door or if anybody answered the door. I don't even remember. No, no we didn't. And Pearl went in, right? Yeah. Well, why would Mia not have gone to the door to her parents? Because they disowned her. Because there's still that unresolved relationship there. Okay. Well, I mean, I could see why she might not want to go to the door at the Ryans. I'm sure you're probably right. I just, that, I saw that you had written down that they went, that you thought that they went. I totally misinterpreted that. And I thought Pearl was going to meet her parents. Hmm. And she was going to be like, I'm your daughter. Surprise. That's what I thought was happening. And she felt like she could do that because Mia knew that Pearl thought, like, you're always going to be my mother, like, no matter what. Like, me wanting to meet my dad, that doesn't change who you are to me. I guess because when Mia called the Ryans and she didn't say anything and she hung up, that seemed to me that she wasn't going to go there or, or ready to talk to them or was still going to hide. And then I know they, you know, she and Pearl talked it out or whatever. What that said to me is back in 1990, if you still had the same phone number (laughs) as you did 10 years ago, you still had the same address, right? When you moved, you got a new phone number, right? Yeah. So that to me was her acknowledging that, okay, they live in the same house because Madeline answered the phone. So they're still there. So I still know where they live. So yeah, we Mm. could technically go to that house. Rewatch that scene. I know. I kind of want to know too, because that's kind of a big deal to know, like, did Pearl meet her grandparents or did Pearl meet her dad? And I guess, too, have- because when you see the Madeline answer the phone, they seem to live in a very, very nice house. And okay. the house they pull up to seems to be just sort of a regular every person house. <laughs> so okay. that was where I went in my head. It just didn't seem like the same place. But you're not wrong in assuming that it could be her dad, too. I'm not trying to argue it. I remember when yeah. I read your thought, I was like, oh, well, I must have. I thought. <laughs> oh, I was wrong there, you know. 
it's interesting. I wonder what other people thought when they saw that scene. Back to Mia and Pearl, though, I still felt like it was a little bit too easily resolved for her to be like, I just didn't want to lose you. And I wasn't sure I was making the right decision. And then Pearl's just like, oh, okay, well, you're always going to be my mom. And it just seemed to be like done. Well, do you know why? Because it wasn't going to be done, but Pearl has been, you know, having a deep relationship with Trip, and she was so mad at her mom, and she was talking to Trip about it, and Trip was like, "Your mom did what she did to hold on to you," and he's mm-hmm. like, "I would do the same thing. Yeah, I would do anything to hold on to you," and that really helped Pearl be like, "Oh, okay," like that helped her like open her mind and like see why her mom would have like kidnapped her, you know? Yeah. Where I think if Trip hadn't said that, I don't think that she would have been capable of seeing any good in what Mia did. That's true. And then also, so, you know, Trip and Moody are in a really bad place with each other over Pearl. And she said the same thing back to Trip. She was like, okay, well, Moody's your brother. So isn't he worth holding on to too? She's feeling really guilty Mm-hmm. about being really close with Moody and then kind of ditching him for Trip, And then they're fist fighting over her. And she's just feeling really guilty about this whole situation. Yeah. So she's like, shouldn't you also fight to hold on to your brother like over me? That's true. Yeah. You know, I think that it was kind of a natural progression for her at, to leave with Mia because it was already like this situation is not a good long term. Having like the brothers hate each other over it, running kind of like feeling like a homewrecker almost in that situation. That's why I think she doesn't want to say goodbye. She just wants to remember how it was, remember the good times, just kind of peace out. Know that probably everybody's better off in the long run for them to not be there. I agree. I think that they had a a good ending and I'm glad that that relationship was resolved and, you know, moved forward together. But like I said, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of a struggle there, but. I'm glad that it all worked out for them. I agree. I think it could have been more dramatic, but man, with all of the crashing and burning (laughs) in this this show, I was really kind of relieved that we could at least be like, oh, yay. We might not have been able to take any more drama. Me and Pearl were fighting, but now they got it all worked out. So I think it wasn't unforgivable. And I think it's a good lesson to us all that any huge lie that you have that's lasting how long? 15 years or right. whatever, like you're going to be freed from that if you can ever just find the courage to, Yeah, you know, most things are forgivable, right? Yeah. I think that is a good takeaway from that is just that secret secrets are no fun. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Is that a saying? Have you never heard that? No. Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. Really? No, I've never heard that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Has anybody else heard that? I wonder. Is that no. Just- why are you saying secret secrets are no fun? I'm surprised I haven't heard that with all my church upbringing and all the little songs and things that we grew up with. Well, I don't know where I've heard it now. I just, I feel like I've heard it my whole life. That's funny. Like, hmm. Okay. Well, now I'm going to tell my kids that. <laughs> so when Elena goes and evicts Mia, I don't know the exact quote, but basically the content of it was saying that, like, you think everyone's just supposed to be like you, is what Mia told her. Mm -hmm. That right there was kind of the essence of what Mia cannot stand about Elena, is that Elena kind of has this attitude that everybody should think like her and be like her and act like her, and then they're doing things right. And when they're not Mm -hmm. in that little box, they are somehow messing up or less than. Yeah, because Elena's always saying, I'm good. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm a good mom. I'm a good this. I'm a good that. It's like almost like if you don't 
look like her and fit into her box, then you're not good. Exactly. She had this expectation for herself that she put on everybody else and it was just icky. And it was well, the she, main reason that Mia was disgusted by her as a person. Well, she even tells Mia that she was not a good mom and that if you were a good mom to Pearl, then she wouldn't want this and wouldn't want, she wouldn't have gotten pregnant and got an abortion. Oh, yeah. Like she told her she wasn't a good mom to her face. So wasn't that kind of ironic? Yeah. <laughs> so Elena, she's like interfering, trying to dig up dirt on BB. Yet again, interfering with someone else's yes. business. Yes. When she was not asked to get involved, Linda didn't even want her help, but no. who cares? She's trying to dig up dirt and she digs in these files of her friend, that's the doctor at the abortion clinic, and sees Pearl's, which was actually Lexi's abortion, because mm -hmm. remember Lexi used Pearl's name. And so she's like going to Mia to be like, yeah, you didn't even know, you know, your daughter had to have this abortion. Yeah. And that it was actually her daughter. Like, I just thought that was really good irony on, yeah. the, on the writing part of it. I really liked that, that that came back in her, in her own face. I mean, back to what we're saying about Elena and her, she's just losing it. Like this co confrontation with Mia is also vicious. For them to be standing there and yelling at each other that you're not a good mom and your daughter wouldn't be acting like this if you were. And I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Why did she end up evicting her? Because they were just getting ugly with each other. Because oh, she was okay. going to tell her, you need to be out in yeah. a couple of days. And then she's like, you need to be out by the morning. <laughs> like, it got heated. But I don't exactly remember all of the specifics. But didn't you think it was interesting how she thinks that Pearl is the one that got the abortion and she goes to tell Bill yeah. and she's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> Pearl has actually been hanging around with Trip, our son. And by the way, he got her pregnant. And by the way, she got an abortion and like Bill doesn't even care. He's just like, <laughs> he's over it. At least he's not the sucker paying for dinner. Right. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Ooh. I kind of like him seeing him just so worked up. Like, cause he, at the beginning of the series, he was just so like, whatever, I'm just going to go along with everything. And then now he's just pissed. He's like, what? He's like, I don't even care. I don't give anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he was basically accusing Elena of the time that she met up with her old flame mm -hmm. and had a really nice, expensive white tablecloth dinner that she on paid his, for on his On bill. his credit card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But then again. She's like, oh, it wasn't worth mentioning. It was nothing. I'm a good mother. I'm a good wife. I'm good. That fight escalated. He was yelling at her and just saying, like, this is all your fault. Like, all of this stuff is because of you. Oh, yeah. You rented the house to Mia and you brought her into our house. Everything bad that's happening, like Pearl and Trip getting pregnant and Izzy and all of the BB <laughs> Stealing Linda. Yeah. from Linda, Mirabelle. It's like, all of it happened because of you, which yeah. I think is a little harsh. I feel like Elena didn't really have any foresight to know right. renting the apartment to Mia was going to cause any of these problems, right? Because she, and that's when she says, like, I'm just trying to be a good person. That's how she's always been through this whole series. Like, that is her leg to stand on. She's just trying to be nice. Like, that's why she invited Mia to work in their home. So does she really have all these ill intentions? Because, you know, we've labeled her as like meddling and manipulative and mean. And But really, was it's like the road to hell was paved with good intentions. Like, I don't think she was trying to do all of this. But 
somehow she became the bad person. Well, I don't think that any one person is all like 100% good, 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 good. Everything about them is good or everything about them is bad. I think we are all complex and we have a lot of good qualities and good intentions and high aspirations and then flaws that just get in the way. And that's just part of being human, I think. Yeah, I mean, she definitely went from the good guy to the bad guy. For sure. And I think it was actually harsh to be like, because you rented to this person and because you had her be our housekeeper, like your whole life's falling apart and it's your own fault. No. It's really not. But there are things that there are ways that Elena has handled herself with people. Yeah. She's definitely pushed the situations with each person. For sure. In ways that were inappropriate. Yeah. Everybody's mad at her for it. And yeah, I think in that way, she does need to take some responsibility for sure. And it was good for Bill to say, like, you caused some of this. But the some of the stuff he's blaming her for, it's like, I mean, she needed to rent the house out, right? You have Mm -hmm. a vacancy of one of your rental houses. You got to rent it out. So I don't know if she had rented it to somebody else. None of this would have happened, right? I I don't know. No. She did make a lot of exceptions to rent to them, though, if you recall. Yeah. I mean, she did like the month of month, which she doesn't normally do. But again, she was just trying to be nice. I know. know. Like, yeah, it seems like a good hearted thing to do. But I think Bill was always annoyed by the exceptions that she made for them. Like, yeah. why? He didn't understand why. And that was another part of this whole series. I have been thinking that Elena has some deep, deep secrets that were going to come out and that were going to be the reason that she was acting all these ways to all these people. That's the thing with her characters. I just couldn't really understand how she was just, like, she's just being me? so good, but, like... <laughs> being so bad at the same time she's like i'm just trying to be nice but really she was just being awful she was being awful and she didn't have any really big character reason to be awful right whereas like okay for example when let's think about when izzy brought the new york times to mia and was like look it's your picture in the new york times and for this four hundred thousand dollar painting or whatever and Mia slams the door in her face and is like, get away. You weren't supposed to go in my studio. And where did you ever see that picture? And blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. That seemed a little cold and ugly, right? Yeah. But we all learned the the backstory on this. Yeah. She was ugly because. She was covering up something. She was covering up something. And that was just her involuntary response. Panic. Panic. Thank you. However. Elena acts ugly all the time. And I always think, oh, it's because of something I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find out in the next episode. And then the next, <laughs> the episode, next episode. And then, okay, it's the finale. We're going to finally find out what is up with Elena. And it's like, oh, she's just a bitch. Like, <laughs> what? She's just <laughs> horrible for no reason. That was not what I was expecting. When thinking about this episode, that's really where I was struggling. Is I just don't get why she was the way she was and why this all sort of came down to her being so awful when really it wasn't really, I don't well, know. Think like, about it with um, Linda, with her friend Linda that was in the process of adopting Mirabelle. Think about back when she was like, oh, well, let's go to BB and make this cash offer and try to get her to back down. Linda never asked her to do that. And she never told Linda she was going to do that. And then she yeah. just went and did it. And you're like, wait, why is she trying to go that way about it? Why is she not telling her that she knows that Mia might have been involved? There are all these suspicious things. It's like you said, like she, it's like she has this like manipulative side or like controlling side. But for what reason? 
You just, I just don't get it. So in this episode, we see Linda at home, you know, after the case and she's waiting. She was supposed to take like one day and it took like a week for them to make the ruling whether Linda was going to win the adoption custody battle. And Elena's like, I think we can try to find some dirt on BB. Which at this point is... And yeah, Linda's like, you know what? What else do they need to know? She abandoned her at a fire station and the baby had frostbite over it. Like, what is more incriminating than that? If you can't find anything worse than that, right? It's like, what is she thinking Obviously, she knows that the doctor can't give away that information. And she, like, tries to threaten her. Like, this just makes no sense. Like, why oh, is yeah. she doing that? Yeah, she tells her friend, like, oh, yeah, I got you this job. So, yeah. I mean, I know you have to say that you're not allowed to. <laughs> the way she said it, she's like, I know that that's, like, technically what you have to say. But, you know, I got to do this job. So, she's I like, no, deserve... technically it's illegal. <laughs> yeah, I basically, it was almost like she was like, of course you're going to tell me because I deserve to know. Yeah. Like, that was her whole attitude. I deserve whatever I want to know. And even if she did somehow find out, you can't go back into court after, like, what is it going to, good is it going to do anybody? Exactly. Linda just wanted her to butt out, I think. Right. Right. And so did her husband, Bill, who was defending the case. He didn't want her to be playing Nancy Drew, like you said. Meddling and butting in. Exactly. And the whole bribery aspect of her. She has dealt with all of her situations this entire season with bribery, like bringing the police donuts and bringing people treats. And she's constantly just to get what she wants. She just brings people in positions of authority some goodies and tries to just sweet talk them. Can all be soft with donuts. What did you think about the fact that BB ended up stealing Mirabelle? Or Mei Ling is what she would call her from Linda. No. I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Like I said, I didn't expect a big pretty bow, but you can't leave all of these things unresolved. And that's a big one. They, They finally settled it in court. It is what it is. That's the court decision. I was just disappointed that they put that in at the last minute. Like, no. So I actually thought that I liked that. Because Mm -hmm. even though I hated it for Linda, I mean, it was another like dark, like gut wrenching thing to see. But because we have the parallel of Mia and Pearl's relationship working out well, and that's kind of how they started out. I felt like it worked for BB to take off with Mei Ling, you know, that she got some redemption. She had left her baby at a fire station. She was without her baby. She was heartbroken over it. And she found her baby in this season. She got her baby back. Mm. And especially since Izzy was on the side of this as well. And Izzy's running away from the family. It just kind of makes sense that like Mia, Pearl, and right. BB kind of got what they wanted. And I guess Izzy, in a way, the fact that she's escaping all of yeah. it, it worked. I figured that you would feel that way. Like see it as like sort of a resolve to that relationship. But I still just hated it for the principle of it. I don't know. I just didn't like it. <laughs> Well, I mean, there, there's no winner there. I yeah, mean, honestly, no, never. That's. I was that thinking was about that situ- too. It's like there's never in any court case. There's never there is always a loser. Like somebody always loses when you go to court. Well, and this felt like an equal lose on either end. Like yeah. it was, Linda was super invested, and you know she had raised her for a year. She had lost mm-hmm. a couple of babies in the past, at least. You know, this was her chance at motherhood. And she even said, like, she didn't come from my body. I'm sad about that. But it doesn't make me less of a mother. Yeah. And I don't disagree with her. Like, I really have a lot of respect for 
anybody that's gone through any of that and, you know, has the heart to adopt, I don't think that their baby should be taken from them. Yeah. I'm not saying that at no, all. I know. In this story, in this series, with the parallel yeah, yeah. of Mia and Pearl, it did make sense in a literary way that, right. that that is what would happen. I didn't like it also just because it added to that another thing on the list that was not resolved or that sort of left open-ended. I just didn't, because that end of the court case and they going home and Mark saying it's all done, like just relax. That seems like a nice sort of buttoned up into that story. And the heart-wrenching part of that is that she heard her on the baby monitor. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And she wasn't going to go check on her. And husband's like, she's fine. Like, Which happens all the time. Yeah. You need to just chill out. You need to relax. Like It's over. You just can't chill. just run in her room like every time she cries. If she would have run in the room, she yeah. would have caught her, you know, but she didn't. I think that will always haunt her. And now BB is in the position of Mia, like always going to have to be on the run, always going to. Oh, yeah, for sure she will be. And I guess if she's going to leave the country, she's got to figure out how to illegally make that work. But right. yeah, for sure. On the run. Yep. I like when there's a lot of parallels in this type of show. And there were through the whole season. And I like that. They did a great job of that for yeah. sure. Adds to the suspense and drama. So I think that Mia's lecture to Izzy is what really, in throughout this whole series, anytime Mia has like a meaningful lecture, it seems like Izzy's always the one listening and Izzy's yeah. actions are always in response to things that Mia says. And I really so, liked what she said to Izzy. Well, Very, she describes that fire on the highway, right? Seeing a fire in the distance. She well, and actually pulled, like not even knowing what it was, just seeing some lights. Yeah, she she was like, and I actually pulled my car over because it was so beautiful. And she was when she was pregnant with Pearl. And she was running, actually. Yeah. And she says, sometimes you have to scorch everything and start over. After burning, soil is rich and life can grow there. And that is a nice thought. Yeah. But I don't think <laughs> that Mia thought she was going to take her literally, right? <laughs> and no. like, be like, okay, got to start over. I'm going to just put gas everywhere in my room and start a fire. I like to think about too, she also said that people are resilient and that they can start over from something that burned down. And I like to think that that's sort of where we left all of our characters like this. Yeah. Is, she says that they find a way, right? And yeah. that was the name of the episode was find a way. So I feel like that's where we left off. Like these people are now going to have to find a new way and and start from something that's been sort of torn down and rebuilt. So I like that. I like what you just said. Like that is like the positive spin that I haven't put on this that I could put on this. Yeah. Is that everybody will find a way. And Mia's words are the happy proof of that. Because I have to hope that they will find a way. But the Richardson family was not left in a position to feel like they're in a good place to find a way. I mean, I do personally believe people will always find a way, but. Well, I think that people want to, maybe, you know, there are, I think there are some struggles that people can't overcome maybe, or they deal with mental illness or whatever. But I think in general, people are, like she said, resilient and want to rebuild and want to survive and want to move forward. So I think that in most cases, people do find a way to move on from whatever tragedy. And I feel honestly, it's might be weird to say it, but that's kind of where we are with this whole quarantine thing. Like, I think some things yeah. are being torn away and people are sort of finding what's I, important to them. And we're going to come out of this like in a new way. I definitely feel like changes and problems bring about like a really awesome side of 
human nature that mm-hmm. is that resilient side, like you're saying, like, I have been so impressed by my kids' teachers, how it was like, okay, so the day we find out we're not going back to school, it's like, these are teachers that have been teaching for like 20 years or something. Yeah. And they don't know how to do Zoom and they don't know how to do all these video conferencing. And they learned, they learned like almost overnight, sent videos hey, we miss you, like, so loving to the kids. Yeah. And they have just, like, picked up this whole online teaching thing. And I feel like my kids' school was going, um, or at least our district, were going, like, weeks ahead of other districts that I'm hearing across yeah. the nation. People are, I think so, too. I've heard some friends that live in different states, and they're like, oh, we just started, like, last week or whatever. And I'm thinking, I'm, like, day 35. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, te- like, I, 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 as a parent, I was the one who was like, I'm not ready for this. Like, our teachers were on top of it, like, a couple of days later, here's a lesson. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, I feel like, you know, everybody had their own pace of starting, but our teachers were like on the spot. They were leaders of community charisma, I guess you would say, doing the parades and... Mm-hmm. Like they have offered to like have individual phone calls with my kids to like read them a book or something. See, that is just am- amazing. Yeah. That She's is like, can I call so your sweet. kid? Can I do a Zoom with them to read a book? And I'm like, sure. Yeah, that is incredible. It's pretty amazing, too, that the however many kindergarten teachers there are in our school, they come up with this like 30 page PowerPoint of lessons and it's all cohesive. It's from slide one to slide 35 or whatever. They do that twice a week. I don't know how much time that has to take hours and hours. And it's like a full lesson plan from start to and it makes sense. And it's (laughs) and they're all recording separately and adding it to their I don't know how they do it. It's crazy. Ours seems simpler than that, but still a lot of content to get mm-hmm. to it. But even just the way that parents have responded, I feel like is impressive too, with working from home and also teaching your kids. And I don't know, just like all these different situations, it feels like people and businesses and stuff are responding. Yeah. like and businesses, trying. And actually, like, for example, I know like a lot of the, I'm a, a Pilates instructor and a lot of the instructors are just, you know, teaching online now and yeah. like just like switch right to it. And I'm planning to do that. I just, I've been like waiting for my life to just like have a little more structure so I can be like, okay, I can do it at this time and that time. And I'm thinking, mm. okay, no, I'm going to have to just set it up and just make it happen if I'm going to do it. Cause I don't think that that is going to just happen. I don't know how it's like, I have nothing. It's, I love when people call me like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. But yet I feel like I can't find a chunk of time in my day that I can set aside for something. It's weird. You know, I had a friend, you know, started a, I think it's called mind body mama or something like that. And she's just like reaching out to moms and being like, how are you doing during this time? And are you taking care of yourself? Just because she knows that she's like so on autopilot that she hasn't even like connected with herself at all through all of this. And she's kind of losing it over it. And she started a group to kind of encourage herself and others to, you know, she used to be a yoga instructor and Mm -hmm. she's like, I want to teach, you know, she was thinking about all the things that she could offer people. And that's a way to heal herself is that she's going to be doing a yoga session with people online and just trying to offer other people ways to help themselves. And it's going to be something that kind of fuels her a little bit to get through it as well. So it's been fun to see how different people have dealt with it and been resilient. Yeah. I definitely agree. So back to um, this resilient lecture that Mia has given Izzy. I don't think that she thought Izzy would actually try to burn down the house. I don't think that Mia had any ill intentions for the Richardsons. No, I don't think so either. 
why did Izzy just go grab a gas can? Well, she is she like just grabbed a blanket or something like. It's just a reaction, right? I mean, she just. It, I think it was just an angry reaction, yeah. just done. But I, I do feel like it was inspired by that conversation. <laughs> Another piece of closure. Tell me if you got this because I never did. A couple episodes back, Mia goes through the Richardson's house. She's got a laundry basket. Mm-hmm. Remember, she fills it up with a couple pieces of things from the calendar. Yep. Like a scarf. I don't even remember some medicine. What was that about? I mean, I'm wondering if I just forgot or did that never come back around? <laughs> it kind of did. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say okay. it kind of did. Okay. Okay. Explain it to me because maybe somebody else was like me and they're like, I don't know. Yeah. So she went through the house and gathered all those things. And I, I wish we would have seen a little bit more of how she used them. But from what I understood, she used those items to take pictures. Because I did see a few pictures of the Valium bottle from Elena's cabinet. But I didn't get all those other pictures of the items she took. So there was some sort of something she did with the items. There were things and on then, the calendar. Well, she had stuck the item from the calendar on the Valium bottle and taken a picture of it. And then when Pearl saw it, that's when she came in and confronted her like, what are you doing with all their stuff? Like, that's weird. And so she saw whatever it was, but we didn't really see the whole picture, I don't think. So that's where I was a little confused and disappointed. Like, I wanted to see a little bit more of what the art project actually was as a whole because there was some sort of tablescape of like a mini city but I get the feeling there were pictures along the wall because Pearl said you burned a picture of Elena like that's so weird but we didn't really get to scan the room and see what all was there so I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of that. Do you think that she was trying to say like she's not perfect because she actually has to take this medicine or she has problems know. too, or, you know, what was on the calendar? Was it like an appointment for the like um, mental health doctor or something? I mean, I don't know, like, or a therapy session or something that would indicate that maybe her life wasn't perfect. I don't really remember exactly what was all gathered up, but I remember it was hastily gathered up and I thought it was going to come to a big dramatic thing. Me and too. here we are at the end and I don't even remember how she used it other than like, maybe in some kind of art project I never saw. So, and then whenever um, Elena went to Mia's apartment to find Izzy and she saw the room and was walking around slowly, I thought that's, okay, we're going to see what she's seeing. Yeah, exactly. Which would be her items and her things and her pictures and her picture burned. And I thought we would see a little bit more how that played out. But really, they only kept showing this this little miniature town she had built out of flour and water or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, which was all um, white. the town was kind of cool that she built. I think that she was trying to build that suburban utopia. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's all white. Yeah, and she had been listening to all of those old audiobooks about <laughs> that was um, so Shaker, like yeah. the history of it, and how they were trying to achieve racial symmetry is what they said. Mm-hmm. But whenever minorities fled to this town that was supposed to have racial symmetry, a lot of the whites fled from it. And I guess they were saying that they had to like pay white families yeah. to stay, and they were like, so it's not really as progressive as they're trying to make it. I picked up on that. I thought that was kind of a weird part of the episode where we hear her listening to this audiobook. And then when we're sort of seeing this art project, we kind of don't get the whole picture. And I kind of, I needed a little bit more information there. Well, that was the guts mm-hmm. of her making this white flower. Everything's going to be white on this model that's supposed to be of the town. 
And then she puts the big bird cage in the middle and it's got the cardinal wing that we see was Izzy's from because the very opening scene. The feather. Yeah. 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 We've got the feather. I said wing. (laughs) Mom, mom, mom. They've got the cardinal feather that Izzy had like whenever she was a kid and her brother had said, don't touch the baby bird. You know, anytime you touch a baby bird, its mother rejects it forever. And it was supposed to be kind of symbolic of her Mm -hmm. having... Still had that feather years, years later. And she's got the cage with the open door. Right. Meaning like, Izzy, you're free. It was symbolic of Izzy running away for sure. And I think, I mean, it could be symbolic of a lot of other things too. Like the sort of, like we're talking, everything's sort of burning down and having to be rebuilt. These cages that we put ourselves in, these boxes. We're talking about Elena being... everybody needing to fit into her little box. So is that now the doors open on that and now her kids and her friends or whatever can escape that box for her, like in her mind or, you know, there's a lot of ways you can think about it. I completely agree. Like you could probably analyze each character and see how that fit with them for sure. Yeah. Um, I definitely did feel like they were trying to use race in there as well. You know, I think that Mia felt like she and BB didn't really fit in Shaker, even though it was supposed to be a progressive place. It just wasn't. I think that was definitely supposed to be heard in that art project as well. I agree. I also like, too, how at the ending montage of sort of the ending of the episode with Mia and Pearl driving away and Izzy on the bus, and we're seeing all these things that we're hearing Pearl read aloud this poem or story that she wrote. And she's also talking about a cage. And I just really liked what she said. She was talking about it being a gilded cage that she finally was awake and started to see. What do you think she was awakened to? Do you think it was that she like knew her past, maybe? Well, I think just awaken to what is really going on with her mom. I mean, why are they running? Why all of this past stuff of their past? Why can't she know where she's from? And, you know, I think it's just sort of understanding the context of what is going on with her her and her mom. And I like too, she said, am I the bird or am I in the cage? And it's like, in a way, she was keeping Pearl from all these things because she was on the run. But really, I was thinking about it a lot, just trying to decide if she was sort of captured or was she the precious thing? Yeah, I know what you mean, because like she could have been what locked Mia down Mm -hmm. because she was the secret, you know? Yeah, I could see it both ways for sure. I was kind of thinking too, though, like, isn't that the role of parents, though, is to sort of protect your children in this, the best little golden cage that you can provide, right? Like, that's your job is to shield them and protect them and keep them precious until they're old enough and ready to fly. I guess you could look at it like that. So it's like not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Because she's just now ready, right? Right. Like, I'm not sure it's was meant to look as a bad thing that she was sort of protected or kept in this little box by Mia. But maybe it's not a bad thing. Like, that's what parents do. You protect your kids and you shield them. It just was under a weird, secretive kidnapping sort of situation. <laughs> it's just a little different circumstances. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, she's doing what any mom would do. She's protecting her daughter in the best way she thought, right? Yeah. So what else did Pearl's poetry say at the end? She was just talking about like how she thought she wanted certain things. Like she thought she wanted a homecoming kiss. And, you know, I wanted to be made of the promises you made me. And I thought I wanted fairytale endings. So she said, maybe uh, we can't help the things that our dreams are made of. Or maybe we can. 
So and then she said that she started to see the door and finally see a way out. It's kind of interesting that she says that because she did say to Trip that she felt drug around like nobody ever asked her what she wanted before. Right. Like so she's never really even thought about what she wanted. So in the end, it is nice to see Pearl thinking about what she wants, what she really wants and if she's going to get that and all of that. I was going to say that too. I liked that Mia turned to her and said, okay, it's your turn. Like, where do we go now? That was a nicely packaged, yeah, closed up scene, which they didn't have. I also, when I was hearing this from Pearl, so much of this episode, like, centers around Elena being, like, the driving force of all the problems. And so I know that Pearl and Elena have kind of a parallel bond mm-hmm. where they are similar. And a lot of the things that she's saying could be applied to Elena, you know, finally being awake now. Yeah. And also in this season, Elena was always kind of questioning, like, did I choose the right life or are things the way I ended up wanting them to be? Can I help what my dreams are, my reality, all of that kind of stuff. Right. It seems like thoughts that could have come straight out of Elena's brain as well, but written by Pearl. So... I also liked that even as they're leaving away from Shaker and she's, you know, out of Elena's life, she kind of still carries that mentality, I guess you would say. Well, I think too, it's like Pearl, I think she thought she wanted a life like Elena's. And I think she's realizing maybe it comes with some problems as well. Yeah. So she's always only seen the very different problems that she had, but I think she was awake to seeing that not everything was perfect with them. However, she wasn't there to see that their house burned down. I don't know that they'll, Mia and Pearl might not ever find out. Right. You know, and I kind of actually don't like that. This is in the nineties. That's not like that. They're going to get a text. Right. Hey, where'd you go? They're not going to see it on Facebook. (laughs) They're not going to see it on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Like, there is a chance that they are driving away and that, like, they never have any contact with these characters in any kind of way ever again. Mm-hmm. And Pearl wouldn't even know that, like, she put a key in the mailbox that Izzy found it and that all of that happened, like, kind of as a result of them leaving, you know? Mm-hmm. So, kind of crazy thoughts there. Yeah. And I was thinking about that, too. And I was thinking about how, like, Trip would feel just knowing that she left without saying goodbye or anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, he it's was, for the best. Yeah. We, we could say it's a blessing in disguise. Right. Just like is... Elena told Lexi when she was having her breakup moment in this episode. <laughs> but, I mean, it seemed heartless when she said it to him, so I shouldn't I say it. I shouldn't say it to, to, about Trip either. But, yeah, with his brother and him fighting over her, you know. And even Izzy was on Moody. Yeah, she was, like, harsh on him, too. She's like, just She's because like, you like her doesn't mean you she belongs to you or, like, you, you have any right to her. Yeah, you're acting like you deserve her just because you liked her. You're just like everybody else that's rich, beautiful, popular, that doesn't mm-hmm. care about anybody else. You have that same kind of mentality as what Izzy had told him. Moody's like not really been pointed out in any kind of negative light at no, all. So yeah. that was um, an interesting thought there. And special to come from Izzy, of course, who's yeah. always pointing these things out. Well, Steph, I don't know about you. I feel like we have covered A lot. most everything. Did you, feel, <laughs> did you feel like we've covered what we needed yeah we've talked it's so much happening in this episode do you think that they are going to have another season i guess not i like i said now i want to read the book i did start reading the book since i watched this because i was like what happened to izzy (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i'm like that is not what happened to izzy like i i had to 
but I didn't get very far through it so far. Yeah, I'm assuming that that was the end of the book, and so that's the end of this series. But I wouldn't know because I didn't finish. I didn't read the book. I know I'm like kind of on the fence about whether I want to read the book because yeah. I don't want to go through the heartache of it all again. <laughs> right? Um, it's an emotional roller coaster. But if you remember another. Big Little Lies. Did you ever watch that? Yes. That also had love that series. Did you read the book? No. <laughs> okay. Well, I read the book of that one first before I watched the series. And then they ended up coming up with another season of it that was not part of the book. No, that was a really good series. Yeah. The very first season was the entire book. Oh, okay. The... I really liked that there was more to that story. And by the way, that book is really good. I just thought of it because it had Reese Witherspoon in it as well. It Um, seemed very similar, like all the secrets and lies and what happened, you know, trying to figure out what happened. So, Lauren, we're going to have to find a new series to watch so that we can get back on our podcast. I know. I don't know what's going to be next. I just watched Tiger King. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I can't get through that series. Like, that is something I should totally be into because I love crazy stuff like that. But I can't get through it. it. I just can't. Well, it's a little slow, but, like, I am from Oklahoma, and (laughs) I've driven by that billboard. Especially when I found out that he ran for Oklahoma governor, and then he got, like, 19% of the votes. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Though it's really making me want to watch it more than what I've seen so far, because I think I'm only on episode three or I don't know. I just can't get into it. But all the memes and the jokes and the TikTok videos, and it's just hilarious stuff. Like I'm, I'm laughing more about all of that than actually understanding what they're talking about because I haven't finished the series. <laughs> well, I think all of that's what inspired me to be like, okay, I got to watch this. I know. I have to watch it. Everybody's sending them to me because they're like, oh, you're from Oklahoma. Yeah. So, Even I like, sent you something. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. Like, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> like, you're like, I don't know what that means, but funny. Yeah. So that's then so I was funny. like, okay, well, I got, we got to watch this. So. You know how everybody jokes about whatever the problem is, like blaming it on Karen? Oh, yeah. And yeah, now yeah. the whole world has just switched to blaming everything on Carol Baskin. Oh, <laughs> I gosh. love it. It is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, damn it, Carol. That's true. We should have named, yeah. We, we It's Leroy at our house. Yeah. You should have named your problem called Carol. Carol Baskin. Sure. I know. I need to watch that. But I don't really want to talk about that. So let's <laughs> let's find a new one and we'll get back on our podclubhouse.com and we'll tell everybody what they can watch with us next. Sounds great. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. It was a lot of fun. This is Lauren. And this is Steph. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.